Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Good evening, everybody, and this is Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. You can see it straight from the bat. I'm with the sassy Steffi Chase. <laughs> How are you doing, Steph? I'm great, Alex. How are you? You know I'm not great. <laughs> no, not great. I'm going to try and keep the energy up here to um, make you uplift you a little bit today. I know. I um, Like I said, I slept on my lunch today and I slept as soon as I finished work. I'm feeling trash. I can't even have time off work because it's AJ's fight week, which is like mm-hmm. super busy. Ah, but I still managed to watch a good deal of wrestling and I'm excited. This is this is going to be a great show because I know with everything going on in wrestling at the moment, Steph Chase is the perfect cohort to talk about these things. So, yes, very excited, yeah. though. I found the energy, Steph, just for you. Um, good. And, and, bursting with takes. Yes. And, and, of course, I found the energy for our lovely great eggs um, that... Fill us with joy every chat. Well, you guys have been stars of the show for the past few weeks and you know... When Steph is around, it's Ultra Chat Queen herself. So please make sure you get them in to WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestle2. We've had problems with PayPal this week, I believe, but I am reliably informed they're okay at the moment. So please do get them in to us. And Steph and I will get back to you, of course, once the mods give us the goods. We'll get them on screen and we'll have a nice little discussion. So please, guys, feel free to engage with Steph. And I, uh, as usual, at the top of the show, I want to remind you to subscribe and get your notifications on for Wrestle 2. That would be the home of Wrestling Daily. And we're approaching 31,000 subscribers on there. So make sure you are one of those. And then when you've done that, get over to Twitter and follow it there as well. Um, you know, you can see Steph's handle in the top right-hand corner and mine in the top left. And, of course, a lot of the lovely people in the comments and who watch this show every day, you can follow them too and build this lovely wrestling community that we have here on wrestling daily so please good eggs in the basket in the basket you heard it right there uh so yeah absolutely please do keep that going you know what day it is it's thursday which means we're going to talk wednesday nights uh let's as usual we normally kick off of aw but i feel like that's extremely justified at the moment, given what's going on, and you know, AEW man, they stacked it last night. It felt like they packed about three shows into one show, like from what you would expect from anyone else. Like Raw would have dragged that out over a month. Um, but Shaquille O'Neal was in town getting wet, apparently. Uh, the Young Bucks opened the show. We had Sting and Cody Kid 
Uh, we had a lot going on in a circle as well. Man, it was loaded. Um, I guess, Steph, we'll start from the top. What did you make of the Young Bucks opener? I thought this was really good. I thought it was um, a really good uh, showing for Hybrid 2. Um, just a really great fun match to, to kick it off. It got quite a bit of time considering how stacked the show was. But, um, yeah, I thought they put on such a good show, um, Hybrid, that I almost thought they were going to get the win there. But um, they didn't. But, yeah, a really good match. And the AW Tag Division, I think, just keeps getting better. Mm, absolutely. Uh, I remember watching Jack Evans and Helico at the first double or nothing and thinking, wow, like if this is just a random team that they have, like, cause I yeah. didn't know, I didn't know much too much about them prior mm. to that. And I was just like, wow, okay. They're, they're really, really good as well. And it just shows you how deep they are because if you were to rattle off the top teams in AEW, let's say you mm. do the first five teams, they might not be a team that actually springs to mind. No, but- but that's not really their fault. It's how stacked the tag division is. Yeah, and it feels like the past couple of months that they've been kind of on a bit of a break almost um, until recently. And now, yeah, I, I thought they were really great. Great match, great opener just to get people excited for a show that had so much on it that you know the, fa- the fact that they were even doing matches on this show when you look at what they had on it, it's like, where are they finding the time? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think... I think, and I might be wrong, but I hope I'm not because I was there. Uh, I think it was them versus best friends at Double or Nothing, which was a really good match. And again, a showcase of not just the big names that have been brought in, like LAX, Forward Slash, Pride and uh, Pride and Powerful, um, Lucha Bros, again, who have... I mean, you think about those two, they've pretty much been out of the tag title picture for a while, and they are yeah. amazing. So, yeah, good stuff to start off the show. I liked a high-energy match. Uh, very good, very, very good. Uh, oh, inside to hybrid theory, is there a gear? Gear is get some new gear. Yeah, yeah. Listen to Steph Chase, hybrid two. Come on. <laughs> you know, if you're that if you're evolving that much, come on now. Um <laughs> oh, we did see FTR as well, have a little bit of a interview later on in the show as well, Steph. Um <laughs> that it kind of suggested that the young bucks and FTR two isn't that far around the corner, but not yet either. Yeah. Um, FTR, I feel like they're kind of in a position of, it's like, what do you do with them? You know, like they built themselves up so much and then they lost that, the biggest match of their career, which isn't great. And it's, yeah, they're in a rebuilding phase where they're either going to have to just beat everyone until they go back to the Young Bucks again or kind of hot shot, hot shot the rematch for the next pay-per-view in February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let, let's talk about the bigger talking points then, since um, the action is pretty much overshadowed by what's going on for the rest of this show. Sting, uh, let's start off with Sting, because uh, he was pretty early in the show. I was surprised, in fact, how early he yeah. was. Um, yeah. What did you make of the use of him? Because I actually thought the whole thing with Cody and just the arm around him at the end and the kid and then Cody's kind of face, I thought, hmm. So it... It looks like it's down the road that could be the match we're going to get. Yeah, if we're getting a match, it feels like it's him and Cody. But I love this segment uh, so much because they have, you know, it's been mentioned. Um, it was mentioned quite a bit last week about Cody was this little stinger. And here we go. His idol 
comes to uh, AEW and he's he, the, one of the first thing he says is I'm not here for you and then you get mm. that great um, pan around when he's saying how familiar things are to Darby sitting you know in kind of a sting position there you know up in the stands yeah. and then he's kind of just like yeah how I choose to play this is my business and that kind of like see you around kid type thing it, it's great it just made me feel like uh, I don't know like something from a comic book for like uh, Cody was like this little kid idolizing Sting and you know they say never meet your heroes and that could be what the storyline they're going for with Cody is you know don't meet your heroes because they may they may just not be on your side mm. I I mean I'm I don't know this like personally but I'm assuming <laughs> if there was anyone that lobbied for Sting to come to AEW it would have been Cody yeah. so I am of the opinion that it probably is in the works, that that's what they're going to be going towards. And there are a ton of things you can do with Sting as well, though, as we discussed yeah. last week. And I've always had this theory that Cody and Darby, there's like a little big brother, little brother thing going on between yeah. Cody and, and Darby, where Cody's kind of the rich kid, rich, like privileged uh, guy, and Darby's like his little brother that rejected that to be... Um, you know, this crazy stunt guy, maybe even living on the streets and stuff while Cody's in the Rhodes mansion. And, but they have this like level of respect between them. And we, I mean, I love their TNT title match so much and it felt like there was so much going on between them. And mm. now it's like Sting has come to throw a spanner in this because it's kind of like Cody is saying, Cody is saying Sting is my idol is he actually Darby's daddy? And is that what's going on? <laughs> is he his daddy? Um, mm -hmm. Have to say as well on that segment, how wholesome was the cuddle, <laughs> the hug between Tony and Sting? It was lovely. It was lovely. I think one of um, my favourite things about, you know, this first year or two with AEW is um, that it's made Tony Schiavone happy again. <laughs> I really, really have such sentimental feelings towards Tony Schiavone, and now like they they brought in his friend, so it's great. I feel like Tony Schiavone, full stop, has has kind of grown and almost come out of a little bit of a shell since he joined AEW. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, I it, think. Sorry. No, I think um the position that he was in, like uh, he you know he did do some work for a couple of years, but I don't think he was comfortable being being Tony Schiavone and I don't think he was invested and he's really AW's brought him to life again and he's the Tony Schiavone I remember and it is just lovely to see how awesome and I'm saying it was awesome was Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone on Impact are we gonna get into this yeah well yes we'll do this one first yeah okay I loved this so much um Tony Khan, you know, we've not seen him as a character in AEW and there's been this whole kind of, thank God he's not a character in AEW because we see so much of this owner authority figure storyline that's been played out by WWE so much because it worked once um, but with two very special people um, and then never worked again. But this was great and Tony... I, I think Tony is doing Vince McMahon in Memphis. I think that's what he's doing. He's coming over. He's going to be a character on Impact. And he had these great, like, sly little digs in an Impact that weren't too far. And just the idea of him 
being like he he didn't even appear in a suit he didn't even appear like a money man yeah you know, he just had his shirt on but he was saying you came on my show i invited you on my show but i have paid for this advert on your show and I'm going to say whatever I want. And he had the little dig about, you know, Tony Schiavone working in uh, TNA and then quitting. So the good. <laughs> you know, it was just little things like that. And like the way he was talking, like, you know, it's it's fine, Kenny. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Like, it was great. And I think if Tony is going to be um, a character anywhere, making him a character on Impact is just a fantastic, like, genius move. And he, he um, showed a level of... Um, kind of charisma I don't think we'd seen before in him I, I think he just felt very natural doing it and it was great I I loved seeing Tony Khan and especially to bring Tony Schiavone with him was just brilliant yeah I, I thought Schiavone played it amazing with his deadpan response he was like what yeah. uh, Tony Khan said well, were you there for a cup of coffee and he goes yeah once and then I just left the business for 18 years uh, it was just really <laughs> yeah. really good and um yeah Tony Khan as well some noteworthy things he was saying was like you know maybe I'll maybe I'll buy impact you know just <laughs> very very cavalier like yeah, maybe I'll buy yeah. it and, uh, it's just so great you know they've taken his championship brought it over to their show and he's like yeah I can pay for an ad and maybe I couldn't even buy your art right so yeah don't worry yeah. about that he um yeah. As well, he said, um, which is very telling, was about the Young Bucks, and mm -hmm. he mentioned the Motor City Machine Guns. Now, yeah. I am assuming he didn't do that for no reason, and that's very exciting to me. Yeah, it is. I think, obviously, Tony Khan knows that we're all booking our dream matches, and I think, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, the, the way Impact can help AEW is with the women's division, but they can also help the tag division as well, because who doesn't just want amazing tag matches and impact really offer that especially with the motor Mach city machine guns and the good brothers as well and he was just planting little seeds of of how big this thing can actually be because i think a lot of people are in a way cynical that they don't want to believe that it's actually as big a thing as it might really be mm. and yeah it, it was it was great it was a great problem well, we'll move to Don Callis and Kenny, and that will bring us to Kenny as well um, on yeah. Wednesday. Now, I've seen a lot of people be a bit like, hmm, they expected more, but then it's one of those, if you actually look deeper into it, Kenny set the table, and for me personally, I thought Don Callis knocked it out of the park. I said this yesterday. I thought um, on the Impact episode, his promo was spectacular, I thought. Um, and... You can't, you can't give it all away at once. They did have the teases. You know, Kenny was like, well, maybe I'll face the Impact champion. You had Rich Swan being denied entry to the car park while they were there. So it seems like that's probably the direction they're going. Again, would be weird to tease that for nothing. Um, I've, I felt like it was a, a good job. And the only argument to that that I've seen on Twitter today would be that maybe they expected more from Kenny Promo-wise, not that the promo wasn't good, but the content of the promo on Wednesday, they felt like it was rehashed a lot of what happened on Impact. Would you agree with that? And what did you make of both of the segments? Right. So I'll start from the Impact. I thought yeah. the way Don and Kenny came into Impact, being on this bus, just waiting in the parking lot um, for when Josh Massive was summoned, uh, was fantastic. Like Kenny, they both looked so big time. Don Callis is a late entry for promo of the year. 
Mm -hmm. uh, for his work on Impact and Dynamite as well. It was great. I love the Rich Swan being, you know, told he couldn't enter. I think, I, and I said this to you earlier in the week, Alex, on your talk sports show, Kenny is going to be Impact champion very soon. I 100% mm -hmm. believe that's where th this is going. Kenny is belt collecting. In Don and Kenny's promo on the bus, they really played into that idea. You know, he's the AAA champion as well. So he's already a belt collector and he's just going to add to it. And can Impact can kind of um, afford that because they have the TNA championship that Moose has. So it's not as if he'd be leaving them without a belt if they took the belt out off Rich Swan and what it's Kenny. But Don's promo was fantastic because what I like in, re in wrestling, I like logic and i like long-term storytelling this is long-term storytelling in that it's been going on for what 30 years maybe yeah. this has been in the making because they can tell that story like they told a real life story don callis was trained by the golden sheik kenny's uh, uncle kenny did meet don as a kid and don callis as well was the person who planted the seed that turned into AEW? Don Callis had never had that that idea to do Omega and Jericho at the Dome. We wouldn't have an AEW, and he has been able to work that in to an actual storyline. And this idea that he was the invisible hand behind Kenny Omega's entire career is fantastic, and it makes sense, and it works. Mm -hmm. And I think the only... I, I wouldn't really say it's negative, but it was kind of the same promo twice pretty much on on two nights but yeah. i didn't expect anything bigger because these two right now with what they're doing they have the power in the storyline they have the power so if kenny and don want to just stroll out and basically rehash the same things they can because he's the champion and um don <laughs> don was just great and he's an absolute uh, total genius and i did spend many years wondering where don Callis was and now yeah. i know exactly what he was doing he was drawing up this complete master plan and there's so many other things that you can tie into that people haven't even thought about yet because don Callis, like kenny omega is a winnipegger don Callis is jericho's best friend in the wrestling business in real life there's so many other like real life things that they can tie into this to make it even more massive than it already is. And I think if I like Don and it's almost like, like a CM Punk, Paul Heyman type relationship because yeah. Kenny, Kenny's not the best promo in the world, but he's, he's a good, he's a good promo. So he's not a guy that needs someone to talk for him, but the kind of talking dynamic that they have reminds me more of Heyman than Punk than, maybe you know then like a Heyman or a blocker or something yeah more of a collaboration kind yeah. of thing right and and i think you're right on kenny um but him as this character i'm drawn to do you know what i mean yeah. so like so like even if he's not like a rock or rick flair or something like that kind of the aura of the character that he has at the moment it's not so much in you know i don't think he needs to nail like a 10 minute diatribe i'm just really into the way he's acting and stuff like that yeah. and um yeah. Go on, sorry. I, I, what I was going to say is I loved how they light up, they lit up um, Josh Matthews with the whole, uh, weren't you? You're pretty chummy with Ambrose, aren't you? You're on the first season of Tough Enough. <laughs> and they're calling him the Stanford Stooge. That was so good. Um, I, some people take a swipe at AEW for making little WWE references. But on. to me, it's like, 
if you can acknowledge stuff like that, you're just adding layers to the story, you know? Even calling him Ambrose, I thought, like, do you know what I mean? Just a little yeah. thing. Um, I, I liked it. I, I, I would have liked, like you just said, uh, a, a little bit more to the Wednesday promo. I believe they teased a big announcement that didn't ultimately really come. Um, mm. And that's something that really I would criticise WWE for in the past. But having said that, I do agree with what you just said, the way that they're kind of owning the wrestling landscape at the moment. I mean, if this led, I don't know how possible this is, but if he picks up the impact title, he's got AAA, he's got AW. If it somehow leads to the New Japan thing, SB3 was talking about this yesterday with Kota being in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom and stuff. Like it could all come, it really could, but I don't, I don't know how possible it is. And if I'm just getting my hopes up too much, but yeah. I mean, um, but it, the possibilities are all there. And I feel like at the moment, Kenny is walking on that, like a lot of people have said, and, I, and I'm one of these too, like, you know, you can't deny that Kenny is like an amazing, amazing wrestler. Mm-hmm. But they were like, you yeah, know, but is he like a massive star, like whoever? And I feel like now is the first time that a lot of people who maybe didn't know his work that well before, mm-hmm. are, like, are like, he is feeling and he's walking and looking like a total star. And Don Callis is important to that, by the way. Oh, he is. Kenny's a star when he presents himself like a star. And I think that this was all what he was doing earlier this year, tag team wrestling, everything, this is all completely calculated to lead up to this. It's him putting on like the full Omega. And what I am kind of hoping does happen is that he runs through a lot of people, whether they be AW people, Impact people, AAA people, whatever. And if there's someone that needs to come and maybe save everyone or like let Kenny remember the person he was before maybe that's Coda and maybe that leads maybe that and maybe instead Kenny beats Coda and and he just fully stays on the dark side because he's loving this um high rolling life with Don Callis they had a helicopter I mean I mean, damn. Yeah, as, yeah. As I, I think at the moment it's 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 good. I'm, 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 I mean, for any angle, I guess the brummer is like, how excited you are to see where it's going. I'm very excited to see so the destination. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, Let's move along to something that uh, I've seen again, a, 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 hit, a hit and a miss. But I mean, to me, again, I'm kind of like, ah, well, I'll see where it goes. Shaquille O'Neal. Let's see. Um, now, it kind of ended with there was a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff happened. Um, there was the backstage stuff with Jade Cargill, um, Brandy, Nyla Rose, Vicky Guerrero, and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people <laughs> got involved. And it was like, oh, okay, this is a full on war now out of nowhere. Um, Shaq got a glass of water over him from uh, another uh, sassy Brandy Rhodes. Um, a lot going on, Steph. Yeah, um, from my understanding, I'm not sure if this is correct, this is something that was kind of wedged in because they got um, Shaquille free at that time to do this. Mm. And it almost felt like it as well. Um, but it was good. I'm just not sure where it's going because it originally felt like it was like, you know, Jade comes out there and is confronting Cody to tell him that she's got this big man Shaq that can take him down. And then Brandy gets involved. And now we see Shaq just basically being like, you know, Jade's someone I really care about. And I'm like, sorry she went after you. And now it's kind of turned into, is it Jade and and Brandy that were? Yeah. Is that really the story? Because it, um, it seemed like Shaq and Cody was, but that didn't yeah. really seem to be the plan last night, did it? He was kind of busy with Sting, I guess. So. Yeah, I think, but I think that's maybe uh, when they set up this whole Shaq thing. I feel like they were told you might be able to have Shaq, and they were like, okay, but because we can't do anything concrete, let's plant different things. And by this time now, Cody's distracted with Sting and everything else that's going on. And so I guess it's Brandy and, and Jade. And then the attack seemed like. It seemed like it wasn't meant to be on the same show as the Shaq thing, and maybe it actually wasn't, and that's why it felt like that. <laughs> I mean, still, like I like, and it's, and I've seen people kind of debate this as well. I like the full of fire Brandy Rhodes personally. Yeah. I've seen people be like, oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I saw a couple of reputable. I use that word scantily, but you know, on Twitter, kind of going like, oh, yeah, Brandy's involved again. And I was like. Don't, don't crap on it before it plays out. Do you know what I like? Do you know what I mean? No. I felt I felt like she's done well so far in this angle, personally. There's some really bad um, discourse online about Brandy, mm. and um, I think that's a lot of sexism. I think anytime Brandy's in an angle, it's like, oh no, it's Brandy, it's Cody's wife. Like you see that so much, uh, and I just think that's wrong. Like Brandy can really. I've always thought Brandy added so much to Cody and and Cody's character and her being inserted in any of these storylines doesn't bother me at all. I think she does a really good job, but I think yeah. that the, what we've seen of her so far in this angle is some of the best work that we've, we've seen that she's done in the AEW. 
I agree. My, it's my favourite version of Brandy thus far. Obviously, Jade Cargill continues to look dangerous. I mean, is there an alliance there with Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose? It, it was kind of teased as much. So, uh, I'm, I am. I'm interested to see where they go with that. And I, I know I'm very interested to see Jade in action. Yeah, when that comes to pass. You know, she looked amazing. Uh, yeah, well, not even when even last night when all the women were kind of there, she looks like huge like i don't mean like you know bulky like beefy i just mean like she's tall lean mm -hmm. i was like well, you know jesus she can really do some damage uh i want to see if it matches it in the ring so i'm, I'm interested yeah. i'm very interested speaking of interest what you know the inner circle have been one of my favorite stables for a long time and you know things we, we said maybe they broke down a bit quick but mm -hmm. last night the promo segment what did you make of it Oh, I love this, of course. Yeah, Jericho at his best, was it not? Uh, it was Jericho at his best. Um, they they sorted things out. Um, they did it in such a great way. I loved when MJF said that Sammy was going to throw into the in the towel and Jericho was like, no, I watched the show, though, and that's not true. <laughs> you know, like, finally a wrestler that watches the show that he's on to see what happened because mm. you know, so many times we don't get that in WWE. I, so I thought that was, that was great. MJF was um, really great on the mic as well. And um, Ortiz was fantastic. Really good. Yeah. Ooh, surprisingly good. Like, that, there's a guy that needs a shot on the mic more. Um, mm. He does. And He's really kind of come into himself because he, he could have easily be lost in that group and and that really you know showed him off. And then once Sammy and MJF made up, that was lovely. But Jaeger yeah. interrupting, saying that Wardlow's been staring at him, and then Wardlow speaks, made my night. <laughs> <laughs> I am so here for anything between Hager and Wardlow. And I think that what they need to do is the two of them decide, all right. Why don't we just team up? Why don't we be a tag team? Because I think that Jericho would be better right now teaming with Sammy to kind of give Sammy that rub after all the stuff Sammy went through with Matt Hardy, like team him with Jericho. If Jericho wants to do tag team wrestling, team up Hager and Wardlow and like what a combination that would be. So I thought those two were really funny to end it, but no, great segment, inner yeah. circle, stronger than ever wonderfully entertaining it really was um and, and that kind of led us to the main event segment it was obviously mjf and orange cassidy battling for the the diamond ring um mm -hmm. and now so there was a lot of shenanigans at the end of course and there was a lot of battling at ringside and it yeah. seems like next week we've got and i want to get this right a 14 man match so 14. you know yeah. The, the first time that the inner circle are like actually going to fight as a collective as a seven um, mm -hmm. That's going down next week on Dynamite. Steph, what did you make of the main event? Um, I thought it was good. There was a lot of shenanigans, of course, but you've got MJF and Orange Cassidy in there. Um, I thought there were some of the shenanigan spots were pretty clever, uh, especially um, Orange Cassidy um, making it look like MJF had hit him with the bat. That was really good. Um, but what surprised me was the ending with Miro, and I think that because... AEW knows that there's a, there was a lot of eyes on the show last night. Yes. I think they were making a statement of, you think we've messed up Miro? Well, here is the Miro that you want, this crazy guy that just can destroy everyone. Like one of those per, um, no, what he was, security guard cameraman, whatever, took one, one heck of a bump from Miro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, in a Miro was in a, a very nice discounted Versace jumper, which is um, now sold out online because I, I looked it up. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I actually thought, yeah, Miro was. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I said, I thought the battle royal appearance for him was a great sort of yeah. uh, jump, jumping off point to the extra. Uh, edge that his character has now you know he's angry and he's ready to tear people apart and you know i'm cool with that and that that's the mirror ag agreed that i want to see mm -hmm. so you, you know kip I looked, uh, taken aback when he saw Miro get that angry i think kip had a look on his face like hey man <laughs> you're my video game buddy <laughs> like yeah. calm it down a bit you know yeah. yeah um yeah no i like it i i thought it achieved everything it needed to really um true who in house sp3 Hey man, hey. Um, I was just confused on whether Brandy was a heel or a face. It felt disconnected. Uh, I think she's a baby face that just has some fire. I like it. I mean, that's the way I'm interpreting it, Steph. I think she was a face, and I think all uh, women know that she's a face because Shaq was being very patronizing. <laughs> you, Mr. Shaquille. Um, so overall, like considering that they, you know, we spent half an hour there. Considering that they stacked the show. Mm -hmm. I, feel, I, feel, I felt it delivered on the bits that they needed to. Yeah, I think absolutely. Pretty much every match had an angle, led to something. And yeah, it, it delivered. I don't think there was one major thing like last week where we had two major things that you, you know would make you stay up for an extra two hours to think about it. But it was a great like moving moving plot along episodes yeah and and like when you've got that many stories going that are that are really interesting that's a credit to the show in itself you can't remember this is weekly tv yeah. and they're turning out kind of these angles and segments and wwe can be accused of really dragging their feet with stuff like this sometimes where they'll just go yeah and here's another rematch do you know what i mean they'll yeah. just go yeah move this feud along whereas i feel like AEW at least are giving it good attention so i'm i'm, I'm happy with the direction they're going in at the moment let's uh, hit a first ultra chat of the night because we have one from AEW and it is CM Chris. Hey, hey CM Chris, the greatest egg there ever was. Uh, good evening, Alex and Stephanie. Uh, I love it when people give you the full name treatment. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> <It's really important. laughs> uh, <laughs> watched AEW Dynamite this afternoon. AEW really did put on a very good show again. Some fun matches and promos. Great to see Sting being back on TNT. Also, the seven reference by the Dark Order, hashtag EGE. That's very cool. Um, Steph, well, do, you wanna, do you wanna alert to the people what happened there with uh, Lowell Dustin? I think we need to, I, I think I need to say the whole Dark Order thing because firstly, we saw uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, my two favorite friendly neighborhood cult recruiters, go and talk to Adam Page who needs uh, tag team partners and they just popped up from behind the bar. If you saw Being the Elite, it was a great Being the Elite this week because they, you know, they want Adam, Adam Page in the Dark Order. So yeah. they left a little trail of whiskey shots for Adam <laughs> Page to come find them. But sadly, when Adam found them, they were all too, <laughs> too drunk. <laughs> it was a really, really great segment. But, you know, John Silver is the man. Um, Love but John Silver. Yeah, but Paige agreed to to team with them and was like, "Look, I'm not joining your cult, but I will team with you." So that was that was awesome. And then when they came out um, later, so after Dustin won, Evil Uno came and told Dustin that he was the third most important member of the Rhodes family on in AEW, <laughs> and asked him to join. 
the Dark Order as number seven. And everyone watching will know that Dustin Rhodes was seven in TNA and it was terrible. So it was a great, terrible. it was a great, great throwback. Just Dustin's face hearing the word seven. He must have been like, I blocked that out of my, like D Dustin Rhodes counts like five, six, eight, nine, because he's blocked <laughs> out of his mind. Uh, and it was just, so it's a great little funny, um, like an Easter egg joke. But of course, Dustin did not join the Dark Order. That's fine. We don't need you, Dustin, because Hangman Page is going to join. Well, let's move on to NXT then. Um, I don't think this will take as long as AEW. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let, let me start with a disclaimer, as Steph will attest. I have been beating the drum of how NXT has improved over the past few weeks. I felt like heading into War Games, they had two weeks running, perhaps the best matches out of the Wednesday Night Wars or match, uh, the top match. And I, I do feel like they ramped it up towards that pay-per-view. And I was, you know, I was very happy with the direction they're moving in. Last night was a completely missable episode for me. There, And that really, I, I think people who know me best know that pains me to say, but uh, NXT just did did not do much of anything last night. Yeah, Karrion Cross returned, but but they did it so badly. Like it's it's crazy to say that was a missable episode when Karrion Cross returned. That was one of the weakest returns for someone who had been built up to be this major killer monster, yeah. monster force that I've ever seen. It was terrible. Yeah, it's um. Uh, I, he, for anyone who had didn't see, he came back and took out Damian Priest, um, and that's kind of left him out of the North American title picture apparently for now. But entering Kushida, that's the one thing I will say I did like. Kushida now is targeting Johnny Gargano, and I have to assume or hope that Kushida will be the man to continue the curse of Gargano and take that title from him at the next juncture. So I hope that's the case. Yeah. Um, Pete Dunne continues to look great. I'm happy with that. But the opener of the show... He doesn't talk great, though. No, that's not his main forte. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the opening of the show, you had Finn coming back. We, he kind of did this steely promo into the camera, but then he was interrupted by, in order, Pete Dunne, um, Damian Priest was last, who and Kyle O'Reilly came after Pete Dunne. I mean, you know, you got Kyle O'Reilly doing fake British accents and stuff. Uh, it just, it, when you actually look at how the show ended up playing out, mm -hmm. none of it really meant much at it, all. It was so badly written. It sounded like it was written by five or six people in different rooms that then just, you know, put it together. It, it's, it was like when you, you know, when you draw the, and you do like one little bit and you fold it and you give it to your friend and you see what you come up with. Like, that's what this show was like writing wise. Uh, the opening promo was just bad. And it was, it was just, you know, you've got Finn Balor here and Kyle took him out. Pete comes up, he comes out for no reason. And it's kind of like, yeah, we're both not from America. Hi. And like the guy, it's like they WWE themselves know how great Pat McAfee is, and but it's like they can't figure out why. It's because he's not using your terrible scripting. Because look at Pete Dunne, like it's awful. And then you've got Kyle O'Reilly; he's got a claim with Finn Balor. Damian Priest, no reason is there. And then, but luckily for Damian Priest, him showing up for no reason was fine because then Scarlett showed up. 
for no reason to alert us the fact that Carrion Cross was going to come. So what mm. a lovely coincidence. And yeah, and even Balor was kind of just like, oh, shove this. I Regal can pick who pisses me. Yeah, I mean, so weird. Like, even for, like, I didn't get it either. Like, mid promo, Finn Balor was like, eh, he, sat, he just sacks it off. He just starts walking yeah. up the ramp. And you're like, what? What does that mean? Um, and then, as we say, like, when I saw Scarlett, I thought, oh, like, you know, she, obviously she looks, she, to me, she's someone who has that magnetic star power. She does look great. <laughs> um, but again, it was like, what? So Damien Priest had to kind of like insult her for some reason. And uh, yeah, and, and that brings back Carrion Cross. So that's what the only like what like, is that the only way you could bring him back? Like my question is, why was she there? If if Damien Priest hadn't have insulted her, like, or was she there because she was gonna go like Carrion Cross was gonna go after Finn Balor, but yeah. she was offended by Damien Priest, so turned her attention away from the champion to go after a guy that was a little bit mean to her. It was silly. But I'm starting to get the feeling that they are doing what WWE always do and cooling someone off. Like they were so high on carrying cross, he gets injured and he's coming back and they're like, mm, maybe he wasn't that great because it felt like a real diluting of the character of um, him and Scarlett last night. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I've said this before and I almost feel guilty because I hate kind of like dampening on talent without good reason or whatever but i just don't i'm not i'm not huge on carrying cross like some people no, are I, it doesn't work for me this whole monster who just runs through everyone like i'm a bit like you know don't get me wrong like he's not a bad worker or anything but he doesn't he ain't lesnar is he like he's not like a, an enormous intimidating bloke where i'm like oh my god like who could possibly stop him there are tons of blokes who could stop carrying cross on the nxt roster um yeah you know, I, I i just like when i thought about him and keith lee i never thought he should have really gone over keith lee but i get it now yeah keith lee okay he's moved up and they're trying to make someone but i just don't i don't buy the aura that nxt are trying to sell me with carrying yeah. cross Carrion Cross to me, and this is uh, this might be a hot take, or, oh, or very harsh words. Carrion Cross is like the example slash turning point of everything that's wrong with NXT right now. I think it was when Carrion Cross came in, and they were be that's when things went downhill when he came in with this, frankly to me, quite silly character. Scarlet, the entrance, all this stuff. That's when NXT started becoming a bit too much like main roster and went on a downturn. I think NXT was a lot better when NXT was the wrestling show, the street wrestling show. It ain't anymore. And Carrying Cross to me was the first kind of big moment where I was like, ooh, we're on network TV now. And someone's watching over Triple H a little more closely than they were before. Mm. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I I've said this before. I felt like when NXT was great, which is 18 months ago, you know, mm. maybe two, two years ago as well, it was amazing. Everything that I love in a wrestling show. Yeah. Um, I don't have, it doesn't feel like I have the NXT that I loved at the moment. Um, Johnny Gargano 
Candice Ray, Indy Hartwell, and Austin, uh, whatever his name is. Aries? Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, every time I start saying Austin, I'm like, I know it's not Austin Aries, but like that name yeah. pops to my mind. Um, yeah. They have obviously formed a stable called The Way. If Johnny Gargano couldn't have made that any clearer in the promo. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like stables, so okay, fine. I'll see where yeah. it goes. Um, it depends how they use Theory and Hartwell. Uh, obviously, you assume the Indies will get some time now because Candice is, is hurt. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't, I've, I've got nothing bad to say about it, but nothing, I'm not particularly excited by the the people that they've recruited either. Like Austin Theory is someone I'm a bit like, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a fine development, but yeah. I mean, okay, another stable, interesting. It's a, a male and female stable. Okay, it's it's fine. I just think it's, you know, it's, it's all about Candace and Johnny anyways. They've just added two people so both of them can do tag matches. Mm. I, I don't think... Like, this isn't like a terrible show. Like, I didn't sit through it and I was like, God, this is unbearable. Like, with Raw, I've done yeah. sometimes. Like, there are some redeeming features, but it is just so, like I said, so, uh, if, to me, it felt kind of mundane and missable, but maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I'm being harsh. Because the one thing, the redeeming features they do have are the women still. And Triple yeah. H seems to know that because he has them in the main event once again, where mm-hmm. he has, uh, you know, Raquel picked up a massive victory over Ember Moon. It really looks like she is the next challenger. For Io Shirai, and I'm down to watch that match because you know Rhea Ripley and Io was amazing. Rhea and Raquel are very, very similar in terms of approach, um, and I think the chemistry could easily be there too. Tony Storm as well, uh, you know, she's kind of really finding her feet in the heel row, I guess. And yeah, you know, like NXT have got a lot of irons in the fire when it comes to their women, and it seems like they're well aware that that is their strong suit at the moment. I said this on the Culture Triple H last week, and I don't think it's coincidence. They are in the the, the most important slots for them. Yeah. Uh, the women are the highlight of NXT. They've got so much talent. If Raquel wants to be the one to beat Io and Io goes to help out the main roster, that's totally fine with me because they have so many women underneath there. And I think, like, I almost feel that if Triple H is being watched over by Vince McMahon, Vince watches the men's stuff more and Triple H can get away with some better stuff with the women. Mm, yeah, I. there's something going on. That's what I will say on that one. Let's move along to some other ultra chats uh, that are in the chamber. And remember, guys, we're about to get into some now. So now is the time to hit us with WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestle2. Get those ultra chats in for Steph Chase to answer and, and uh, debate with you. So now is the time, guys. Make sure you do. Um, wow. Okay. Matthew McCoskey is first up from NXT. Hello, Matthew. Hey, Matthew. Oh, man. He's, not, he's always first in somehow, but um, CM Chris pipped him this week by virtue of category. Uh, so... Matthew McCoskey says, <laughs> I mean, he's first, uh, he's, he's put it with no spaces because he's using every character. Apparently he's gone save room by no spaces sending because Stephanie, there you go. You're, you're the draw here, Steph. NXT women's tag, uh, with, sorry, NXT's women's slash tag division looking great. 
uh, random, but I will. This is incredibly hard to read about spaces, by the way. Random, but we'll say it. Uh, Chumper Thatcher to win DRC. Uh, finally, a match that won't happen but needs to. Bala, Priest, uh, Cross, Kyler Riley, Dunn, and Champa inside Elimination Chamber. God, this would truly would effing bang my brains out. I mean, that was a you know real life labour to read. <laughs> please, please give me spaces moving forward. Um, <laughs> You can call me staff if you want to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. What what that's, that's what more do you want than that, Matthew? Um I, I mean I don't I don't think NXT will get Elimination Chamber, but that's a damn yeah. fine lineup if they were ever to do so. You're not wrong at all. Mm. Um that that I mean, look, I, I look at O'Reilly and Dunn, and I I've said this the other day. I think their chemistry is like insane. Like the mm-hmm. match they had uh, the other week, the um, the stuff they did together inside war games, I think that they're just their magic together. If you can somehow get that with Finn Balor in the picture, maybe a three way with a title, so that, that's a takeover match to me. Like that would would absolutely bang. I'd be very happy to watch that. Um, so I don't know what direction they're going in. I will say though that Champa Thatcher, uh, I assume you meant Dusty Rhodes Classic. Now that I've, looked, uh... you know, now that I'm thinking about it, and they're a tag team, um, I actually wouldn't mind that. No, I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, I, I think NXT have done well in the past with, you know, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor spring to mind. Um, people coming together. and Obviously, Pete Dunne and Riddle is another example. And I do like, I did enjoy the steely kind of stare. You don't know what's really happening after Chumper's victory over Cameron Grimes, um, which was a very forgettable match. Um, so, Steph, have you got any thoughts on the landscape there? Um, yeah, I, I do agree that that would be good, Thatcher and Champa. And I just felt like when you were talking about um, Pete Dunne and Kyle O'Reilly, just how much better NXT would be if it focused on guys like that. Because mm-hmm. they're the guys that, like, they're the guys that don't get called up. It's going to be your um, carrying crosses that get called up. And it's going to be, even though I do like him, it's going to be a Damien Priest when really what NXT is about is this kind of more pure, you know, wrestler guys that seem to be like they're the backbone of NXT and it'd be great if they were focused on more rather than something with Karrion Cross where fire comes out of a book or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it feels like Vince will always call up size regardless. Um, yeah. But there you go. George Amin. Hello, man. Hello. Um, he says, after his match with Cross, Priest should go to the main roster. There you go. Ties in nicely with what Steph was just saying. Uh-huh. Is there that much for Priest left in NXT, Steph? No, I don't think so. I, I would probably debut Priest at the Rumble and give yeah. him a good enough show. But he, he's a guy, um, I think, especially these past few months, he's improved a lot and he's showing that he's built up the other sides to him, especially the talking side. And um, yeah, he'd he'd be a good addition to the main roster. Yeah, I just um, I, when he first came to NXT, I was a bit like, I don't get it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I was a bit like, I don't. The character wasn't really for me. Um, but I've grown to really like him through his in ring work because I don't think you can really deny he's put on some great matches, particularly yeah. on takeovers. I've really grown to like Priest. Even yesterday, it was really simple. 
where he, he basically came to the top of the ramp for the second segment and he was like, I'm going to come put this up your ass, basically. Like, <laughs> But it was like simple but effective. It wasn't like trying to make him this party boy. Like they were really trying to do for a, a while, like just, you know, make him a big, big bad man. I think it's one of those things like they looked at, at him and they got to know him and they were like, okay, what are you? You're cool. But then they took it like too far. Yeah. Where like instead of being like a cool like nonchalant guy he it's like oh he's so cool he gets in a hot tub with two women it's like we don't need that he's he should be more like a laid back and so cool i don't even have to you know flaunt it type way yeah exactly and that's not really like I don't look at my wrestlers and go, man, they're in a hot tub with some birds. That's, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you know, that logic of thinking, I, I'm a bit yeah. like, that's a bit of a weird book. Um, <laughs> any, anyway, uh, WWE chats, Matthew McCoskey is up once again. And this time he's giving me spaces. Thank you, Matthew. Hey. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar versus Keith Lee. Keith Lee to win the Rumble. Challenges Mac and Fart. Uh, Brock Lesnar comes out to demand a rematch. Mania 37 triple threat. Keith pins Brock, becoming champion, but also protecting Drew. This is a must happen. Bang brains. He really, you know, Matthew really wants bang brains to get over. Uh, I, I, I can't, I can't hate his application, Steph. He's, he's, he's dedicated to it. Um, uh, listen, if that was to happen, I don't think there'd be many people that'd be upset. Keith Lee is a guy who surely is destined for big things like that. And it also makes a degree of sense because I firmly believe that when Brock comes back, probably his first target is Drew based, based on the fact that he's, you know, storyline wise, Drew's basically run him out of town for a year or so. So makes the world of sense. And well, yeah, it's an easy way to, to, to plug someone in there. And and that's probably an easy way as well of getting a match out of Brock, which isn't a finisher fest like they had at WrestleMania. And I also think that Brock, given his reaction to Keith Lee in the Rumble, will want to fight Keith Lee. So motivated Brock is the best Brock. Oh, absolutely is. Uh, yeah, there's a lot they can do there. Even the little thing that they had yeah, at the Rumble was, it was amazing, as Steph says. Uh, Matty, the hot Scott. Hey, Matty. Uh, hey, Steph. Hey, Alex. Always. Hey. The Steph treatment. Uh, hope you feel better soon. Thank you, brother. Uh, can we talk about the Wrestle Votes tweet with plans for Mania? Orton, Edge, and the Triple Threat. Yes, please. Goldberg reigns. No thanks. Also, Steph, now's your chance to fire Alex VKM style. Steph, if you haven't seen it this week, we have been doing Vincent Kennedy McMahon. You're fired! Uh, impressions. Uh-huh. And uh, I believe. Now is your turn. Oh, no. <laughs> well, he's paid his money, Steph, so come on now. <laughs> You're fired! <laughs> yeah, that's the best one! <laughs> I didn't expect so much damn bass in your voice, Steph. <laughs> I think uh, I, I think we, I think we. those in the chat let us know. I'm, I'm saying Steph for the win this week. Uh, can't argue with that. Good stuff. Let's uh, let me quickly pull up the uh, Wrestle Votes tweet. Uh, the WrestleMania card coming at some point tomorrow. And today they said WrestleMania source stress. Nothing is close to official or concrete. But as a working idea, the following is what's being considered: Reigns versus Goldberg. That's my reaction. Edge versus Orton, and an interesting twist: McIntyre versus Lesnar versus Keith Lee. As uh, Matthew 
McCoskey, our good friend, alluded to. Lots of variables in play, especially the attendance factor. I mean, I think Edge Orton, well, it's a given, right? We all know that that's what's yeah, going to happen. it's like inevitable, so I just have to be like, yes, sure, but please yeah. make it last time. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, maybe don't make it a 40-minute punch. Uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, Backlash, they killed it. Give me something like that. Cool. Um, I think... Both men have said they want to finish their story. You know, I'm gagging for Edge to work with new people, but I will let them close this up first. Uh, Reigns, Goldberg, if it means Roman steamrolls the ever-loving crap out of Goldberg, then I'm fine with it. If it's anything other than that, I am not fine with it. Uh, And even that is a waste of Roman, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, Roman has worked so hard these past couple months to number him with Goldberg. It's a disgrace. Like, that is terrible what is a logical storyline for Goldberg Roman Reigns given the character that he is the head of the table if Goldberg came up to him and wanted to challenge him like how like Roman Reigns would be go away like (laughs) why don't you even hear old man you know you did you did stuff like 20 years ago I I don't care Uh, what what would what does Roman need to prove by beating Goldberg like just no build up a great storyline for if you can't get the rock, build up something great using one of the guys that you have. You have so many guys, use one of them to make a great storyline. We do not need to see Goldberg ever again. I no, we really don't. But I, I assume the story they'll build on is that Roman bottled their WrestleMania yeah. uh main event and and thus Goldberg feels they need to run it back. I don't I, don't, I mean I have zero interest in it, but again. I, I would take it as like a Saudi show where Roman just runs through him on the way to yeah. India. Like, I, I think it's a waste. I agree with Seth. I think it's a waste. There's a lot more you could do with Roman. If you're the hottest character in the business, partnering him with Goldberg is not my idea of taking things to the next level or making the most of it. No, Sorry, it isn't. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the triple threat. I mean, if that is what comes to pass, man, I'm I'm down. I'm absolutely down. Uh, we have another one from Bohill, the elite good egg himself. Uh, yeah. what the, oh, Jesus. Yeah, he's really put on us. So we've got this and then we've got a video that we need to get to as well. What are some of your favorite wrestling storylines of all time? Not the ones that people consider the best, just your personal favorites. That's a hard question because like, the, the 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 ones that you love normally have a great payoff, and I've got a ton in WWE that the story's great, yeah, and then and then they just take it either too far or in the wrong direction, and it's like oh, like like in essence, Stone Cold getting run over when I was a kid, I was like whoa, like who was it? Like uh, all I could think about was who ran over Stone Cold, and then we all know that played out. So uh, mm-hmm. I I'll think of another one, I guess. But Steph, what you got? Um- I'm not sure if ones I'm going to think of off the top of my head are kind of underappreciated ones. Um, I will always love Undertaker and Kane being brothers. I will never fight my brother. I always love Triple H and The Rock's Intercontinental title feud in 1998. Um, more random ones, Raven in WCW hating his family and turning out to be a rich kid. Um, <laughs> that's, mm. one that, that's one that sticks with me. Um, oh, what else? I, I will say Rock and Sock is one of my favourites of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just how they gradually became friends. Um, yeah. And I didn't think it would really happen, and it did. I remember lo- um, loving Kane and X-Puck originally as well, because Kane had... Yeah, had- with Corey. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we yeah, that kind of went a bit too far. But um, originally, when they were coming friends, and then it's like suck it, and like all of the yeah. weird voice box stuff. Like because Kane had never had any layers, really. I was like, I was loving it. Yeah, uh, for a modern one, I'd say Jericho Owens. Yes, absolutely, that was great. And I'm, yeah, I still feel sorry for for Owens going back after Mania and Vince is like that was crap. Like oh, what? <laughs> I, I don't think it was that bad. Like it, I, it, it wasn't. It was the problem was that they didn't get what they were deserved and originally promised for the match. Like, and why is that, Steph? <laughs> because King Goldberg had to win the title to face Lesnar. You couldn't just have Goldberg versus Lesnar. You had to have Kevin Owens in his only title reign lose to Goldberg. Man, I was going to say just because Vince McMahon's a terrible booker, but <laughs> you were more specific. There's that. There is that. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see what the video is coming into play. And I think Steph Chase will have some things to say. Hi, Alex and Louis. Uh, my hot take is that I think Pat McAfee just needs to go away. Uh, I know I've just finished watching the Thursday episode with Steph Chase and they and she loves Pat McAfee, but I just honestly, anytime he talks, it's just like just leave. Um, you know, Stephen Larson agreed with me. I watched Stephen Larson going in Raw and they just it's the same thing week on week. I have money, oh, everyone sucks. I hate wrestling fans, it's oh, just go away. It does nothing for the Undisputed Era, and I feel really sorry for Pete Dunn. Uh, but yeah, cheers, guys. Matthew, first of all, <laughs> yeah, Steph's going to come in hot here, I feel. Um, first of all, sweet Kylie Ray shirt. Uh, second of all, I'm going to let Steph take the floor. <laughs> that is an incredibly bad take. So congrats <laughs> to him for doing one of the worst takes I've seen so far. Um, Pat McAfee is one of maybe two things that I actually like in WWE right now. <laughs> the other being Roman Reigns. Pat McAfee, yeah, he does come out and say that he's rich and say that he's great, but I think there's more layers to what he's saying as well. You know, he's formed this um, real misfit team of people that are brought together by the fact that he can pay them. He's a better promo than anyone in WWE, anyone because he sounds like he's actually speaking to you off the top of his head authentically rather than memorize something. As for feeling sorry for Pete Dunne, I feel elated for Pete Dunne. Mm. Pete Dunne is a good wrestler, but he is one heck of a boring man and a terrible <laughs> promo. And Pat McAfee has breathed a life into Pete Dunne that has never existed. Even what Pete Dunne looks oh. like right now, it looks like Pat McAfee took him under his wing and said, guy you're a state but what we're going to do is going to take you to the tanning salon we're going to get your hair better we're going to get your outfits a little better as well because he was a guy that was attached to kind of like velvet blazers and stuff anytime he had to like slightly spruce up and it was just all around bad and pat mcafee has taken him and say said pete shut your mouth do what i tell you and then you know your wrestling is fantastic and then the rest of you can be elevated to that and we saw what what Pete Dunn was like when he was let off the leash this week, and it was bad. So yeah. I love Pat McAfee. You won't change my mind on Pat McAfee. And I feel like 
if you're against Pat McAfee, then I guess you just really enjoy all the bad stuff on WWE. Is he a fan of Dexter Loomis and The Fiend? Because I worry for him. He's a glutton for punishment is what he is, Steph. Um, listen. But thank he, you for the video. <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate your time here on Wrestling Daily. Uh, please keep them coming in to either me or Louie, and we will upload them on the show. Um, I will say, Pete Dunn is like an elite wrestler. And when I mean elite, I mean in the in the whole company of WWE, yes. I would put Pete Dunn among anyone. He is. I cannot tell you a bad match Pete Dunn has had. He doesn't have even just... Decent matches, you know, like uh, like Champa and Kevin Grimes had a very much. Meh. Every yeah. match Pete Dunn has the stuff that he does means something. The action is yeah. good. Pete Dunn, very very good. Mm. He's better though with when he's being flanked with people with a lot of personality. Pat McAfee, yeah. Matt Riddle, Trent Seven. Yeah. He is better when he's flanked with those people because they bring out the best in him. And his personality is not a five, 10 minute promo or the kind of promo we got on NXT. It's playing off people with his deadpan sense of humor, which actually is very good, but on its own is obviously not as impactful because, you know, you need to be able to bounce off people with that sort of stuff. Um, so I feel that there's a lot of upside to Pete, but being like a killer in the stable with Pat McAfee is a great spot for Pete. I, I, you know, I think it's brought out a lot in him and I, I get it why people don't like Pat. And I, I think that's obviously the goal. You know, it might for some of those people, it might be down the road where you go, hmm, like Pat was really good, but you know, he's grating. I've I found him grating during the uh initial embers of the Adam Cole thing. I was like, yeah. God, that guy's annoying, but he's really, really good at it, really good. I and I and since um he's been in the ring with a microphone, I am on the team of Steph here where I think he's amazing. I I think he's so um his delivery is I see Upton Avondale having a problem with his cadence, but I actually think it's really good because the way he delivers his promos, you, as Steph said, is so fluid, yeah, right, but punchy that it, it's, 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 it's you can just tell that it just comes to him. And I, you know, I rate him. I rate Pat McAfee. What? Is he carry on? Sorry. No, I, I rate him. I was just about to say, Wrestling Daily on Thursdays are a pro Pat McAfee place. Pete Dunn is like a kid in school who is really smart, but spent all his time studying and was never able to develop a personality because he was locked in his room studying. Pat McAfee is the jock that came up to him, took him under his wing and said, hey, man, will you do my homework for me? I'll give you some money. And well, once Pete did the homework for Pat, he got into Pat's cool kid gang. And other people might be like, why why have you got Pete Dunn in there? And Pat's like, because he'll do my homework for me and he'll make me look good when I need him and I can do all the talking. Yeah, I cannot argue with that. Steph coming in with another great analogy, it must say. Um, I, I do just want to say, um, before this show finishes up, I saw, and I don't know if anything's happened since then, but I did see yesterday that Dave Meltzer was on the verge of losing his mother. That's very sad. I just want to say my best wishes to Dave and his family, of course. That's a terrible thing for anyone to go through at any time, especially yeah. around Christmas. I lost my gran, who was like my favourite person in the world on Christmas Eve two years ago. It's not nice. Um, so all the best to Dave. You know, what a trooper for carrying on doing his yeah. show nice during life. a time like this. So if anyone uh, can share some love his way, do so um because you know I'm, i don't know if she's gone yet or not but i know he expects to lose her so all the best dave from here at the wrestling daily uh and that rings a wrap 
to this week's show. Steph Chase has been coming in hot once again. And uh, I must say, it's been a great show. It's one of my favourites having Steph on after all the stuff that goes on with AEW. Yeah. You'll be back next Thursday, Steph, won't you? 8 p.m. Next Thursday. And for anyone watching that wants to talk more AEW with me, I'll be talking about it tomorrow at 11.30 p.m. UK time over on my YouTube. You find Ooh. me there. Excellent. And Steph, have you got any Twitch streams coming up that we could get involved with? That will be on Twitch as well. Uh, Twitch, Ooh. YouTube, simulcast, talking about AEW tomorrow at 11.30 p.m. And then, yeah, I think next week I'm starting a new game on Twitch, which will be very fun. Ooh. Um, Can we get a tease? <laughs> it is a WWE game, and Ooh. it might be the best WWE game. That's what my gamer friends that are helping no mercy me. it's gotta be i'm not saying anything <laughs> you do not uh, know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> well as you can see guys uh steph's twitter is down there and up there as well at the moment so make sure you follow her for more great coverage of all the stuff that we have discussed today and there's her youtube which I, again, I recommend. You're steaming towards a 1,000 subscribers, are you not, Steph? Yeah, and I have um, I'm also publishing a big interview on Monday with a great wrestling mind who has a lot of takes on everything that's happening in wrestling, including AEW. Oh, I must say as well, Adam Pearson, um, good, big, big fan of Adam. This is my first exposure to Steph Chase, and I'm a big fan. I'm assuming he means big fan. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Adam, what a lovely guy he is. He called me the goat the other day, Steph. You'll get there. Oh, You'll get there. Um, I think he's a goat hat. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We're just roaming in the field together, Steph. In our <laughs> wrestling, chewing on our wrestling grass. I don't know what the analogy is, but I've done it now. Legs everywhere. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. I'm going back to bed because I feel yeah, well, terrible. <laughs> yeah, God damn it. Um, and I will see you tomorrow with SB3, not Louie. SB3 is back in the house, so I'm sure there'll be some debates for you guys. Until then, thank you so much for joining Steph and I, and we as a pair will see you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.